Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to just seek your truth. We thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We know that where more than two are gathered, you are indeed present, gathered in your name. And we thank you for that. Lord, we pray now that as we explore your word and look at what you have to say to us, that you give us the mindset to do better than what we've done before when it comes to matters of faith and prayer. And we thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your loving kindness and presence. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. My wife and I were in the car one day. We were listening to 95.5 The Fish. And we heard a commercial that was being positioned for singles, which can be a sensitive topic around this time of year because, as you know, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And the commercial was directed at single Christian men and women looking to date other Christians, but the ad seemed to target Christian women who were more looking for someone compatible with their morals and their beliefs and avoiding all of the issues that come with online and in-person blind dates. You can imagine. It was interesting that during that commercial, which lasted about a minute, that the narrator spoke about finding the right person that God would have you to be with. But there was no mention about prayer or anything like that. No mention about prayer whatsoever within the commercial. Now, after all, it was a commercial to sell their dating service. But it called to attention the missing element that we as believers need to always keep at the forefront. Prayer. Prayer. The commercial reminded me of all the times I have heard about how single women were trying to find a man and going about it with more of a trial and error approach. And more often than not, that was a complete disaster. For whatever reason, the desire to pray for some is more of a checkbox item than a sincere effort to really talk to God. Now, please note that the men in this situation are seldom mentioned But without a relationship with Jesus Christ and what comes with it, there is no obligation to remain prayerful as a single man and live as a virgin. When Christ is out of the picture, no holds barred. Where prayer is absent, the end result is often one filled with regret. Regret. Now, this, along with many of other of our life's issues, have a different outcome when we address these matters with the proper mindset and attitude for prayer. Prayer is not a checkbox item. Amen? Amen. Not a checkbox item. Prayer requires a sincere desire to speak to the Lord and draw upon his strength. 
a sincere desire to speak to the Lord and draw upon his strength. I've encountered a number of reminders over the past few days. The time is right for us to have this discussion today. Today. Here are some questions to ponder. First one. You can jot these down too. Why is it that a prayer is often an afterthought for believers? Why is it that prayer is often an afterthought for believers? Here's another question. Do we lean on prayer as a means of damage control when we screw up? Do we lean on prayer as a matter of damage control when we screw up? Is it because our battles with the flesh are so encompassing that we prefer to lean on our own understanding in matters rather than give them over to God? The answer to these questions, and perhaps any questions moving through your head, are worth consideration. And today, they're going to be our discussion points. Let's go back and address why it is that we tend to use prayer as an afterthought. First of all, prayer should never be an afterthought. Amen? Never an afterthought. If you want to do a a quick quotes here and say afterthought only in the sense that we should be praying to thank the Lord for deliverance. Thank the Lord for victory. Thank the Lord for answers to prayer because you actually prayed in the first place. But prayer should never be an afterthought. And yet that's exactly what we do. We need to get back to brass tacks here. Christians who profess to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ need to have, and you can start right now with this, serious moments of introspection as to what a relationship with Jesus truly means. What does your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ truly mean? Jesus is not a genie from the magic lamp to grant your every wish. Amen? Amen. He is not an idol that sits on a car dashboard. Amen? Amen? He is much more than what we see or understand. If our view of Jesus is anything less than what we see in the following verses, then we need to ask him to show more of himself to us. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices first to Exodus chapter 20. We're going to look at verses 1 through 3. And we're going to run through a series of verses that are going to speak to God and who he is. Exodus 20 verses 1 through 3. Exodus 20, verse 1. This is the NIV version. Please follow along in your version. And God spoke all these words. Verse 2, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. 
you shall have no other gods before me. Amen. Flip over now to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 6. All the way to the end of the Old Testament. Malachi 3 verse 6. Malachi 3, verse 6. This is the New King James Version. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Amen. Please go to Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41. Exercising our fingers today. Isaiah 41. We're going to look at verse 13. Isaiah 41, 13. NIV. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. I hope you're seeing the character of God come out in these passages. That's what we're looking at here. Do not fear, I will help you. Now go back to Exodus 15. Exodus 15. Verse 26, Exodus 15, 26. This is the New Living Translation. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight. Obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Now go back to Isaiah 48. Isaiah chapter 48. Isaiah 48, 17. Isaiah 48, 17. NIV version. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God. Who teaches you what is best for you. Who directs you in the way you should go. Amen. 
So here's what these five verses are telling us as to who God is and why prayer must be at the forefront and not as an afterthought. First, he is Lord over all. Amen? He's Lord. You can just say he is Lord. Amen? He's Lord over all. The second point, he is always who he is. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. He is our strength and our encouragement. Our strength and our encouragement. He is our healer. Physically and spiritually. He's our healer. And he teaches us. He teaches us. Now, he teaches us when we pay attention to him. We need to pay attention to him. So he teaches us. We fail to pray because we don't see or appreciate who God really is. We fail to pray. I'll read that again. We fail to pray because we don't see or appreciate who God really is. The world dims our view of God. And sometimes, if we're honest, we don't pray because we already know the answer. And we don't like it. Or we don't want to accept it. Amen? 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 Sometimes we know what the answer is, but we don't pray because we don't want to buy it, we don't want to follow it, we don't want to do it. So here's a very good reason to pray, as if you really need a reason to pray. Pray that you gain wisdom and understanding as to who your creator is. As to who Jesus Christ is. Pray that you gain wisdom and understanding as to who Jesus is. Pray for his teaching and guidance in such a matter where you trust Jesus who was there at the very beginning according to his word. And to bring matters to him right away and not as an afterthought. Right away. Please go to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. We, sometimes we can't read passages like this enough. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And let me just share this with you too as we look at this. Prayer is something that you have to develop. You have to train yourself to pray. And pray early and often because you're at war with the flesh so you've got to be in training but let's look at what it says in John chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was with God in the beginning through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made in him was life and the life that was the light of all mankind The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus was there from the very beginning to be the living word of God. And we need to honor him with prayer, praise, and reverence. He's over all things. We need to have our priorities in order. 
we would not be here without Jesus Christ. We would not be able to function without Jesus Christ. I'm very thankful for how the provision of the indwelling Holy Spirit sanctifies every believer who seeks to learn more about Jesus. Thank goodness for the Holy Spirit. Thank the Lord for the Holy Spirit. Whenever there's a question as to God about his character, and keep this in mind, he wants us to ask as often as necessary when you have a question. You can't ask too often. He wants that fellowship with you. We need to go directly to him if there's a question about God his character. Just ask him. Ask him. John 14, 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. God in his infinite wisdom knows we need a constant help. We need all the help we can get. Amen? Amen? We need all the help we can get. Please go to John 14, 26. John 14, 26. This is the New King James Version I'm going to give you. John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So plain and simple, because we have this advocate, we have this helper, we will pray more as we learn more about Jesus. We will pray more as we learn more about Jesus. That's a fact. We will pray more as we learn more about Jesus. Do you believe that Jesus is teaching you every day? Amen? He's teaching me every day. There's always something to learn, everybody. You learn about other folks. You learn about yourself. You learn all kinds of things. Discernment, all these things. Jesus is teaching us all the time. Are we paying attention? Are you reading and studying scripture each day? That's a yes or no question. Are you meditating on what you read each day? Are you living in obedience and accordance to his word? Are you growing in his word and enduring as you navigate through life? Prayer must be a prominent part of how you communicate with God. And make both large and small decisions as you go. As you go through life, there are going to be big decisions and small decisions. And you need to develop a life of prayer where it says, pray constantly. Pray often. These big and small decisions, they're not too big or small for God. Now you can try and edit out and say, oh, this ain't no big deal. I can handle this. I'm sorry. There's nothing too small for God. He might surprise you with the answer. But if you don't pray about it, 
This is an essential part of living in a Christ-like manner. We can't keep living in such a manner where we put the cart before the horse. And a lot of believers do that. I don't know if it's for self-gratification or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But we often put the cart before the horse. We won't go anywhere when we do that. We must take the matter of living for Jesus seriously and not use prayer as a means of just doing what someone tells us to do and not understanding what it really means. In other words, don't pray because somebody told you to. You need to develop your own relationship with Jesus Christ. We know that prayer is an important part of it, but a lot of folks sometimes, we do it all because pastor told me to. Well, that's not the reason to do it. You should do it because you want to have a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Prayer must be at the forefront if you are truly living for Christ. Here's some other questions. Got a few questions today. What needs to be fixed in your life right now? What needs to be fixed in your life right now? Is it a relationship? Is it your marriage? Is it about money or a job? Is it about where you are in your relationship with Jesus? Does that need fixing? Do you think that you can fix these issues on your own? Or do you think that Jesus needs to come first in this issue? Prayer changes things. Do you believe that? Prayer changes things. Prayer changes hearts and minds. That person you're praying for. Maybe that spouse. Who just seems indifferent about things. Prayer changes things. But you got to keep praying. Amen? You don't stop praying. Prayer changes your own heart and mind. It changes your heart and mind to a heart. Having a heart for Jesus. Take a look at Ezekiel 36. I'm going to read to you verses 24 through 28. Ezekiel 36, verses 24 through 28. And all God asks us to do is to come to him. The problem that we have at times is that we just don't even bother. We don't even bother. We don't even go to him. You wonder why things aren't changing or things are getting better. We don't even bother to go to him. And it requires praying more than once a month about something. Amen. I'm exaggerating here, but you know, if you just give a general prayer one time and you stop praying about it, what do you expect to happen? How do you develop a relationship with a one-time deal? It's always ongoing. 
Ezekiel 36, verses 24 through 28. This is the NIV version. For I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone, remove from you your heart of stone, and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you, listen carefully, and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. God will move you to do these things if you seek after him. Verse 28, then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. If you seek after God, he will move you in the direction you need to go. But you need to keep after it. Keep going. God is ready, willing, and able to help you in your endeavor to pray first. And to live in such a manner where we don't look at the world's answers to solve your issues and problems. The first thing we do is look at what the world says. Let's get advice from so-and-so. Let's get advice from this person. Let's get advice from over here. All of them could suck with their answers. But we'll follow them anyway. We need to trust Jesus and look to him first. Don't be the one who's always looking for somebody to give you an answer that fits the way you think. Sometimes it's not going to fit what God would have you to do. Take a look at Colossians 2, verses 6 through 10. This is the example of what I'm referring to here about. The world's got all kinds of answers for you, and a lot of them are bad. Amen? The world's got all kinds of answers for you, and a lot of them are no good for you. No good. Colossians 2, verses 6 through 10. Verse 6. This is the ESV version. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. All those things that were mentioned before, not according to Christ, those are all outside of the Lord. Verse 9, for in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. If Christ is the head, everything else is secondary. Everything. Let Christ be the head of your life. If we really believe that Jesus will give us what we need, Philippians 4.19 says it, 
And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. If you don't go to Jesus for your needs, what do you expect? I got to scuffle over here. I got to run over here. I got to do this. I got to hustle over here. You probably don't need to do any of that. Just wait on the Lord. Trust him. Be obedient to him. Amen. Be obedient to the Lord. Let him take care of those little things. So here's the action plan for those of us who desire to pray first and keep prayer at the forefront. Number one, pray with the intent of worship and praise. Pray with the intent of worship and praise. Why? Because he is Lord. That's why you do it. Amen? If you don't believe that, we don't need to go any further. We can just stop right here. But you do it because he is Lord. Where would you be without Jesus Christ? We're still all learning about the majesty. Majesty being the supreme power of who Jesus is. And what he represents. The second point. Speak to Jesus to gain more insight, wisdom, and knowledge through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit will give you this insight, wisdom, and knowledge. He'll speak to you about it. I saw a reminder reading out of, I think it was Psalm 19. All the things about wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. He'll give it to you if you ask for it. I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way, shape, or form. But we have a lot of people out there who have no desire to learn about wisdom or knowledge. Just as dumb as a box of rocks. And I say that with all due respect. I really do. I don't, I'm calling it as I see it. They don't want to know. I'm in a store right now and I'm looking for something. I don't know what it is, but I'm looking for it. Is that smart? You're just looking for a way to spend money. Do you realize that it's very important for us as believers to be intentional about our actions and behaviors? We don't need to act like we're being tossed to and fro. Like we don't know what's going on. Like we don't know what's happening. Seek insight, wisdom, and knowledge through the power of the Holy Spirit. And along with your practice of daily reading, this is the third point, reading the two-year Bible plan, whatever Bible plan you're on and your studies, develop a life of continuous prayer as you live each day. A life of continuous prayer. Prayer. Now that is not as challenging as it sounds. But if you're really seeking after the Lord all day long, you'll find a way to get it. It'll be, it'll be happening right away. You'll know it right away. A life of continuous prayer. That's what this is about. This is how we combat the efforts of Satan. Who does not want to see you succeed in any aspect, in any of this stuff, in growing your relationship with Jesus. Satan does not want to see you succeed in this. Because Satan knows if you, get, if you succeed in this, 
you really are unstoppable. So he wants to see you fail at this effort. Satan lies to us and lies all the time. Amen? Amen? Amen. Satan lies to us and lies all the time. He will make it seem like this is a waste of time. You don't need to worry about that. You know enough. You're smart enough to do this on your own. You can take care of the situation without Jesus. He lies all the time. But be encouraged because Jesus is firmly established and he remains present to help you fight Satan. Please go to 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm going to give you verses 8 through 10. 1 Peter 5 verses 8 through 10. These verses that God has given you through his inspiration are totally for your information, for wisdom and knowledge, because you need to understand what you're up against. Verse 8, 1 Peter 5. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Satan's not sitting back in a corner somewhere. He's active. Waiting to mess one of us up. Verse 9. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Now that verse is telling you, you are not alone in this. The fight and the struggle is real. And it's real for a lot of people. Because you live in the world. Verse 10. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Yeah, there are going to be times you have to run through the fire. But Jesus gives us that fire-resistant ability to get through it and be sustained and kept as we endure. John 10.10 says, A thief comes only to seal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life, that's Jesus, and have it abundantly. Believe that. Jesus wants you to have that abundant life. What keeps us from praying more often? Our selfish desires. Our preoccupation of the cares of the world. Honestly, politics is a real bad preoccupation right now. We need to be looking to Jesus. Honestly, I don't even care what the politicians are doing right now. I don't. I mean, I know enough to know I keep a track of what's going on, but we need to focus on Jesus Christ. When Jesus talks about a coming kingdom, what we should be looking to? His coming kingdom. And behaving in such a way we're ready for his coming kingdom. No matter what else is going on right now. Our prayers must come 
with a humble heart, the readiness to lay it all before Jesus, and the spirit to listen and follow his wisdom. Turn to Jeremiah 29, 13. Jesus continually calls us to come to him, seek after him, go to him, look to him, pray to him. You can't do it enough. Jeremiah 29, 13. Verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You can't read that verse too fast. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It can't be a tentative thing. It can't be a happenstance thing. It can't be something that happens once every blue moon. All your heart. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. If only we would all do that. Amen? Amen? Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first. Not second. Not third, not as an afterthought. First. We should have the expectation and the confidence that when we ask for God's help, He is going to help you. He's going to help you. Have the confidence in that. Are there times in our arrogance where we refuse help? Sure we do. Because we're not humble about it. Amen? Amen. We refuse help sometimes because we won't humble ourselves. But the very nature of the body of Christ is to do what? Help and serve each other. If you're arrogant enough to say you don't need help, then Jesus needs to hit you upside the head sometimes. Amen? Because everyone needs help every now and then. And we frankly, our prayers are an afterthought in those moments when we don't seek help. We must humble ourselves to the majesty of Jesus Christ and seek him first, not as an afterthought. I trust you can see where prayer in any other manner is really more about going through the motions and using it as a checkbox item in utter futility. 
Can't be a checkbox item. Are you looking to change the course of your life? Are you looking to fix the things in life that are broken? Because I'm sure there's something out there that ain't working right. It's broken. Are you looking to live for Jesus Christ? Pray first. Stay in prayer. And don't stop praying. Pray first. Stay in prayer. And don't stop praying. Watch and see what happens when you put prayer at the forefront of your life. The forefront. God will affirm you step by step as you seek after him. Father, we just thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for loving us before we even knew how to love you. And we thank you for being Lord in our lives. Give us the heart's desire to pray early and often to you before we make those decisions in life that have an impact on us. And Lord, we thank you that you will always respond when we come to you with sincerity and with reverence. We thank you for your wisdom and knowledge imparted through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for helping us to be better believers because we trust in you. Lord, we want to get this right, but we can only get it right with you in our lives. And we want to continue to be prayerful to you and learn how to pray even more and more. And not put prayer on the back burner. Thank you for your teaching. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for the desire that you give to us to seek after you more and more. As individuals. As a body. As a church. As the body of Christ. We thank you and give you praise in all these things. And we ask them in Jesus' name. Amen.